0: cyberspace Liberty and their daughter anonymity anonymity is nothing new the right to vote behind a curtain for whomever you please wraps us all in the blanket of tender democracy protesters cloak their opposition in the swelling sea of a thousand cohorts nameless authors pen their death threats with no return address and now cyberspace hides behind a computer or keyboard giving voice to our most toxic heartless and wicked emotions we are demoralized by the words we read but paralyzed to confront a face we cannot see anonymity is nothing new controversy once reserved for pundits and columnists now contends with the untraceable unaccountable and unedited venom that runs amuck on blogs chats and social sites the immeasurable good the internet has done can sometimes seem offset by the hate spewed from bogus screen names. Anonymity is nothing new, and free speech has always had cowards. What is lost in this debate over regulating hate speech is the framework in which the Founding Fathers defined the First Amendment. It does not read, Americans possess the freedom of speech. If it did, the affirmation would place that civil liberty at a nearly untouchable legal height. But America 101 teaches us that instead of granting runaway free speech, the First Amendment can only handcuff Congress. That is the textbook definition of a negative liberty. It's not that we are allowed to speak as we wish, but that big brother can't stop us. In an era with unprecedented communication, where citizens tout an embellished definition of what the freedom to speak really means, this nuance deserves attention. In their new book, That Used to Be Us, Thomas Friedman and Michael Mandelbaum, purport that our globalized world is not just connected, but hyperconnected. And while this may provide unprecedented opportunity for folks to communicate and collaborate, so too have ordinary people met their antithesis. Jihadists meet collegiate atheists, ambidextrous immigrants meet blue-collar coal miners, and gay marines serving in Afghanistan meet straight Vietnam veterans. Never before have folks been presented with an alternative perspective that could very well call their existential beliefs into question. And the the American melting pot of people, values, and ideas has now been heated to a simmering boil in the depths of cyberspace. And yet, our greatest asset in combating hate speech on the web is the web itself. We must be kidding ourselves if we think millions upon billions of people new to the world's largest community are going to get along. Congressman Ron Paul calls upon Americans to consider neighbors as individuals, and not as groups. We are welcome to form opinions of our friends, good or bad, but a crowd of strangers will only provoke and produce stereotypes of the lowest denominator. We provide a platform for the poison of the Westboro Baptist Church. Ann Coulter and the KKK so that we may enjoy the prowess poured into every page of the New York Times, Kurt Vonnegut, and Democracy Now. Yes, it will make our stomachs turn when we stand up for those we wish would shut up. But by doing so, we protect the pen of our most treasured writers so that they may author what we hold dear. History teaches us that persecution only emboldens the purveyors of hate. Let them bring their twisted logic to readers worldwide. Either the society of cyberspace will embrace it, or we will watch as it twists in the wind, withers away, and croaks. I do not believe it is the prerogative for us as a people to adjudicate or legislate against hate. Humanity will always have its dark side, and in our world today, that's a click away. But the freedom of speech shines a light on those who wish to hide their faces and says to them, Speak up. Anonymity is nothing new. I can speak freely. So should you.